Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to Westchester Talk Radio. I'm John Marino. We are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower in Westchester, managing your wealth through a fiduciary standard by White Plains Hospital, by Michael Labriola Landscape Design and Construction, and by Tompkins Mayor Pack Bank. We are joined by the numbers guy, Steve Greenberg. Steve Greenberg, pollster, Siena Research Institute at Siena College outside of Albany. Their latest poll has been conducted. The newest numbers are out. Steve, welcome back. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah to you and yours. What are the most important issues facing New York State residents during this holiday 2021 season? Well, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to be back with you and your viewers and listeners, and uh, happy holidays to everybody as well. Um, We asked voters to tell us now that the legislature is going to be going back to Albany next month to start the new session, the first session uh, for Governor Hochul, who will give her first state of the state address on January 5th. We said to voters, As the legislature and governor return to Albany for the 2022 session, what's the single top priority you want them working on? We then asked them what their second priority was. But what we find is whether it's just the top priority or one of the top two priorities, the clear winners are creating economic opportunity for New Yorkers, and fighting crime. 26% of New Yorkers say fighting crime is their top priority. 26% say that creating economic opportunity is their top priority. When we look at the top two, 49%, nearly half of New Yorkers say that creating economic opportunity is one of their top two priorities. 43% say uh, fighting crime. Finishing Mm -hmm. a close third is managing the pandemic. 37% of New Yorkers said it's one of their top two priorities. 18%, uh, almost one in five, say it is their single top priority. What people are thinking right now about the pandemic, is this affected greatly by Omicron or maybe not so much yet? It's hard to tell. Uh, Look, we're in the middle, uh, we're we're in between major travel for holiday seasons, just coming off of Thanksgiving, heading into the Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, New Year's time. Uh, And 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 voters are certainly concerned about uh, the pandemic. A lot of voters want it to be the top issue that Albany deals with when they get back in January. But uh, New Yorkers seem to be going about their business, and this hasn't, you know, if 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 this was like at the beginning of Delta when we saw numbers really concerning people, uh, we didn't see that kind of spike right now in terms of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We seem to be in the middle of variants at this point, too, besides being in the middle of the holiday season. Do we seem to, at least to some extent, be not really letting up our guard, should I say, about the pandemic, but maybe it's not as top of mind as it had been before, or do the numbers show this is still really up there as one of our top of mind issues? 
Well, I mean, it is the third top priority for New Yorkers for Albany to address. I Look, I, I think, you know, we're nearly two years into this pandemic. Uh, we didn't ask a whole lot about the pandemic in this month's survey as we have in, in, in some of the others, and I'm sure we will going forward. Um, but I think New Yorkers, you know, you, you go out in the street, you see a lot of people out, a lot of people are working, schools are open. Um, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of frustration with uh, some people are frustrated by vaccine mandates. Some people are frustrated that those who haven't been vaccinated haven't been vaccinated. Um, so I think New Yorkers are all over the map. But, you know, I'm hoping that uh, everybody, no matter what side of the political aisle, what side of the pandemic aisle they are on, you know, just treats everybody respectfully, particularly as we're in this holiday season. Steve Greenberg, pollster, Siena Research Institute, Westchester Talk Radio on the beat in Westchester. I'm John Marino. Steve Greenberg, Joe Biden's Build Back Better program seems to have widespread support here in New York. No question. Overall, New Yorkers support the Build Back Better Act by a 52 to 28 percent margin. But what's really interesting, John, is If we look at that question, 70% of Democrats support the Build Back Better Act. Uh, 60% of Republicans oppose the Build Back Better Act. Independents, uh, right in the middle, as you'd sort of expect, uh, plurality support, 42%, 33% oppose. But what's really interesting is the fact that we asked about six specific components within the Build Back Better Act. On four of them, Republicans strongly support those proposals. On one of them, they're closely divided. And only on one uh, of the specifics in the Build Back Better Act, that that piece dealing with uh, climate and energy investment, where Republicans are opposed, on all the other issues from uh, expanding Medicare to include hearing services, universal preschool for three and four-year-olds, ensuring that no family has to pay more than 7% of its income uh, towards child care, guaranteeing that uh, virtually all workers receive up to four weeks of paid family leave. All four of those issues have huge off-the-chart support from Democrats, huge support from independents, and strong to huge support among Republicans. For example, 84% of Republicans support expanding Medicare to including hearing aids. 66%, two-thirds of Republicans support uh, ensuring that no family has to pay more than 7% for its child care. So it's interesting. We asked the question, do you support or oppose the Build Back Better Act first? Then we asked about the six components. It'd be interesting to see if we asked about the six components first and then asked about the overall, do you support or oppose the act after, might have had a different result. But clearly, New Yorkers support everything that's in it. And a a strong majority of New Yorkers support the overall bill and passage of the overall. Makes you wonder what people and Republicans in more conservative areas like Idaho and South Carolina might think, as opposed to a Republican in New York, New Jersey or Connecticut. We're talking still Republican, but Republicans of a different vein in different regions of the country. Interesting, those numbers there that you came up with. Now, the race for a governor in New York State getting hot and heavy. The primaries are about six months away. General election, 11 months away. On the Democratic side, Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul, who 
was installed a few months ago after Andrew Cuomo stepped down. She seems to be fending off her intra-party challengers pretty well so far. Let, let, let me talk against myself for a second, and that is to say we are very early. Uh, I know the primary is only six months away, but this is a very different electoral dynamic than we've seen in New York in a long time. What do I mean? Why? In 2010, when Andrew Cuomo ran for governor, he was a well-known entity. Uh, voters knew who Andrew Cuomo was. They liked him or disliked him, but they knew him. In 2006, when Elliot Spitzer ran, voters knew him. He was the sheriff of Wall Street. They liked him. They didn't like him, but they knew him. We're heading into an election right now, six months away from a, a Democratic and a Republican primary, where virtually none of the candidates are particularly well-known. The most well-known potential candidate is the soon-to-be former mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, who is the best known among all of the potential candidates on the Democratic or Republican side, but he's not liked. Mm -hmm. so, he may be the most disliked. Right. Exactly. That's known even, most disliked. Even among Democrats. So let's take a look. Let me say, you know, it, it, it is early. And that's why I say these early polls don't necessarily reflect where the race will wind up in June. We'll get a better sense in March, April, end of winter, beginning of spring, when we know the full field of candidates, which candidates get on the ballot, which don't. Then we'll start to be clearer. But right now, 36% of Democrats say they would vote for Hochul if the primary were today. 18% say they would vote for Attorney General Letitia James. 10% are with Jamani Williams, the New York City public advocate. And 6% each for the aforementioned Bill de Blasio and for Congressman Tom Suozzi from Long Island. Still, a quarter of Democrats say they haven't made up their mind. I would say probably more than that have not solidified behind any of these candidates. But what? why the bully pulpit? Why the fact that Kathy Hochul is the incumbent? She's only been the governor for less than four months, but she's in the office of governor and New Yorkers see it. And how do I know that? Let's look at, we talked about where Democrats are at in terms of who they support right now in the primary, but let's look how they feel about the candidates. 57% of Democrats have a favorable view of Kathy Hochul. 18% have an unfavorable view. 57 to 18. You know what Tish James's favorability rating is with Democrats right now? 56 to 18. One point difference. Almost exactly the same. Democrats like Tish James. Democrats like Kathy Hochul. But at the moment, more Democrats twice as many Democrats are supporting Hochul as James. And I think that shows, to an extent, the power of incumbency, particularly when these candidates are, are not well known. A quarter of Democrats, 30% uh, of all voters, have either never heard of Kathy Hochul or don't know enough about her to have an opinion. A quarter of Democrats, a third of all voters, either never heard of Letitia James or don't know enough about her to have an opinion. Um, you know, when we get down to Jamani Williams, half of Democrats have never heard of him or don't have an opinion. 60% of Democrats have never heard of or don't have an opinion about Tom Swazi. Campaigns are all about educating voters. And over the course of the next few months, uh, we're going to see these campaigns, these candidates uh, activate their campaigns uh, <laughs> to a, a lesser or greater degree. And the ones who do a better job of it are likely to be at the front of the pack as we move closer to June. Um, the first big tell for where these candidates are really at 
at least from an insider perspective, comes January 15th. They all have to make uh, financial disclosures uh, in terms of how much money their campaigns have raised, how much they've spent, how much they have on hand. Um, you know, Kathy Hochul, has all, her campaign announced a few weeks ago that she's already raised $10 million since she became governor. Wow. So we'll have to see what James does, what Williams does, what Swazi does, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Long Is way Andrew to go. Cuomo... Yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say, it's a long way to go. Long way uh, to go. But, but as, as as Yogi says, it gets late early out there these days. Right, right. And it is getting late for maybe Andrew Cuomo to decide what he might want to do again. Is he the white elephant in this room? Well, I don't know. Uh, what I will say is that for the first time in more than a decade, uh, we did a statewide Siena College poll that did not include in any way, shape, or form the words Andrew Cuomo. So we didn't include him. Look, he has $18 million still in his campaign fund. Uh, we know he is following everything that's going on very closely because that's who he is. Um, but to date, he has made no moves to try and run for office again. We'll have to wait and see. If he does, we'll certainly throw him back in the in the survey. Uh, but at the moment, it doesn't seem like there's a need to. Over to the Republican side. Seems like Andrew Giuliani is still the best known amongst the GOP candidates so far. Well, yes and no. Uh, and why do I say that? Because it's it's a little unrealistic to think that 30% of New Yorkers have a favorable view of Andrew Giuliani. 46% of New Yorkers have an unfavorable view of Andrew Giuliani. And only a quarter of voters don't know enough to have an opinion or never heard of him. When we look at Lee Zeldin, he's got a 20 to 17% favorability rating. Nearly two-thirds of New Yorkers don't know enough about him to have an opinion. Rob Astorino ran for governor. 16 to 15 favorability rating, 69, more than two uh, thirds of New Yorkers either never heard of him or don't know enough about him to have an opinion. Andrew Giuliani has never run for office, has never held office. Uh, I believe that despite the fact that our callers say, do you have a favorable or unfavorable view of Andrew Giuliani? Voters, the people we're calling here, do you have a favorable or unfavorable view of Rudy Giuliani? Because there is no way that nearly half of New Yorkers have an unfavorable view of Andrew Giuliani. I don't think one out of 100 uh, New York voters could pick Andrew Giuliani out of a lineup. So I think think if the primary were held tomorrow, despite the, the common wisdom that Lee Zeldin is the front runner because he has the support of most of the county chairs and and a lot of the Republican organization, I think if the primary were held tomorrow, uh, chances are Andrew Giuliani would perform very well in that primary of Republicans. Um, In fact, uh, among, well, I don't have it. Uh, I was going to say among just Republicans alone, uh, Andrew Giuliani's favorability rating is 48 to 24, two to one favorable. But again, I think that's if the primary were held today. The primary is still six months away. Giuliani, Zeldin, Astorino, there are some other candidates in the race as well, potentially. 
Um, they're going to raise money. They're going to spend money. They're going to educate Republicans. So by June, Republican primary voters are going to know Lee Zeldin. They're going to know Andrew Giuliani. And then I think, again, the polling will make more sense as we get into the, the spring and get closer to the election and voters start to know, you know, the Democrats, Democratic voters start to know their candidates, Republican voters start to know their candidates. No surprise with the numbers about how New Yorkers want to see the national elections go next November, who Democrats would prefer to be in control of the House of Representatives and the Senate. Same with Republicans, too. Absolutely. But there is an interesting little take on this. Right now, 52% of all New Yorkers say they want to see the Democrats maintain control of the House. 37% say they want to see the Republicans take over. For the Senate, it's a little stronger. 56% up from 52 say they want to see the Democrats continue to uh, uh, control the Senate. 35% down a couple points from 37 say they want to see the Republicans take over the Senate. So while by a 15-point margin, New Yorkers say they want to see the Democrats maintain control of the House, they say that by a 21-point margin for the Senate. Why? Democrats are just as strong. They support both. Uh, the Democrats maintaining control of both. Republicans are just as strong. They support Republicans uh, taking control of both. Independent voters. By a 43 to 36 percent margin, only a seven point margin, but by a 43 to 36 percent margin, Republican, uh, uh, independent voters want to see Republicans take control of the House. And by a 44 to 36 point margin, eight points, they want to see the Democrats maintain control of the Senate. So there's a 15 point difference there. Independents by a seven point margin say, Republicans, we, we want to see Kevin McCarthy as the next House Speaker. Uh, by an eight-point margin, New York independents say, no, keep Chuck as the majority leader. We're good there. How much does inflation figure into all this? Well, we asked uh, voters a couple of, uh, about inflation in a couple ways. One, we asked them, to, you know, we said we talked earlier about how there's the support for the Build Back Better Act. We asked them if they thought the Build Back Better Act would increase, lessen, or have no effect on inflation. And by a strong plurality, nearly half of voters, 47% say the Build Back Better Act would increase inflation. Only 13% say it would lessen inflation. And another 21% say it wouldn't uh, have any effect. So essentially, you have 41% of New Yorkers saying it will increase inflation, 34% saying, well, it'll either leave it where it is or bring it down. But we ask voters right now, how serious a negative effect is inflation having on the nation's economy? 81% say it's having either a very or somewhat negative, serious negative effect on the economy. And that's across the board. 94% of Republicans say it, 75% of Democrats say it, independents once again in the middle, 81% of independents say it. And we followed up and said, how about for you, for your personal finances, how much of a negative, serious negative effect is inflation having on your personal finances? A little lower, 63% say it's having either a very or somewhat serious negative effect. 
essentially say it's having either very little effect or no effect on their personal finances. And again, even a majority of Democrats, 51% of Democrats, 65% of independents, and 81% of Republicans saying uh, is say inflation is having a very or somewhat serious negative effect on their personal finances. So, And in the end, that's what it comes down to, right? How does inflation affect me? A variation of all politics is local. Absolutely. And, and beyond how inflation really affects people, the real issue is how do people perceive inflation is affecting them? The economists can say, oh, it's not so bad and wages are up and this and that, the other thing. How do I feel? When, how do I feel when I go to fill up my tank with gas? How do I feel when I go to buy the week's worth of groceries? That's what New Yorkers are saying in these questions. And, and, and two thirds of them, nearly two thirds of them are saying, you know, this is affecting me in, in, in a negative way, in a serious negative way. Steve Greenberg, Siena Research Institute, for the first time in two years, it looks like New Yorkers seem to think this state is heading in the right direction. Uh, well, no, actually, we, we, we took a little turn on that uh, this month. Right now, only 41% of New Yorkers think the state is on the right track. 45% think we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, not a lot of change from last month. Last month, it was closer to break even, 44 right track, 43 wrong direction. So down three points on the good side, up two points on the bad side, and you know a net five-point movement. But we've been seeing it over the course of the last six months, this dr- downward trend. It was really interesting. Right before the pandemic, uh, voters were very negative on the mood, uh, the direction of the state. While we were in those early stages of the pandemic, it flipped and New Yorkers thought, you know, we're behind New York. We're heading in the right direction. We're doing the right thing. We're moving in the right way. And we saw that for the first year of the pandemic. But as we came into the second year and and certainly, um, you know, since the spring and summer with all of the issues regarding the governor, uh, the Delta, the economy, uh, the trend has been sort of negative, and it's even more negative in terms of how uh, voters feel about the country right now. Only 34% of New Yorkers think the country's headed in on the right track, compared to 56% who say we're headed in the wrong direction. After two years of variant after variant, like we said, Delta, Omicron, what came before, what still might come? Yet, do New Yorkers seem to feel overall that the worst of the pandemic is behind us, or is this still a wide open question? I think it's a wide open question. As you know, John, we've asked about that that specific question in in months past, uh, and we'd see swings in it depending on what was going on at that time. Uh, Given that Omicron had just Rarely, barely become an issue when we were going into the field with this poll. We didn't include it. We'll certainly come back to that in January uh, to take a look, at, depending on where circumstances are at in the state. Um, but certainly we have seen numbers going up in New York State uh, over the course of the last month or two in terms of, uh, you know, positivity rates, uh, New Yorkers getting infected with COVID. We'll just have to see where it goes and, and hope for the best. Steve Greenberg, again, happy holidays. Great to have you, and we'll talk in the new year. Thanks. Happy New Year to you and all yours, John. Thank you. Steve Greenberg, Siena Research Institute.
Siena polling. Outside Albany is the Siena Research Institute at Siena College. Steve Greenberg, pollster at Siena Research Institute. I'm John Marino, Westchester Talk Radio. On the Beat in Westchester, produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built by Lacolas Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lacolas by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. Also by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk by White Plains Hospital and by Tompkins Mayor Pack Bank. Catch all of our Westchester, Rockland, Putnam, Dutchess, Orange, and Fairfield County programming on our YouTube channel, Shark Creative YouTube, and download our app. We have one now. Take it with you anywhere and everywhere you go. It's called Westchester Talk. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com. 